Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's England week, so surprisingly, episode 218 is going to be talking about travel in England. That's right. We'll talk about some of the favourite places that we've been and uh, give some tips on how to save money as you travel around the country. Then we're going to finish up with 10 things to do from our England page at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Europe slash England. Well, this week has been uh, pretty busy again as we've been in Salta, um, traveling around, having a look at some other attractions and getting some work done. Yeah, the best thing we did, I think, was going to that food festival. There's an international food festival in Balcarce Street and um, Noah dropped us off. First we had a look at some markets nearby and then walked into town in the wrong direction. But actually it was really cool because uh, Salta by night is absolutely buzzing with activity. Mm. It's really weird. You walk down the street at two o'clock Everything's closed. Yeah, in the afternoon. Everything's closed. Walk down at, you know, nine, ten o'clock at night and there's heaps of people out there. Most of the shops are open until nine thirty or ten and it's just fun. And then after that we went to the food festival. It was quite small, but uh, we had empanadas from Chile and caipirinhas from Brazil and what else do we have? We had uh, that what's that called? That Peruvian thing? The... Uh, it's um Papa's I think it's like Waka China, something like that, something Waka like Chino. That. Yeah, very tasty. And we had chicken skewers from Argentina and French and then Italian desserts. Yeah, it was all good. New Zealand wasn't represented at all. We're a bit disappointed. <laughs> no, no, and neither was England, but that's the, uh, the topic of our conversation today. Don't forget that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. Visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights slash hostels and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. There's a growing list of day tours at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash tours. And you can also check out IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals for travel deals, which are updating daily. Uh, when you're shopping online, especially over this holiday period, uh, visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon. By visiting slash Amazon first, you get redirected through to the site, but we pick up a small commission and that, uh, that helps us keep going. And we like you a lot when you do that. yeah stalker (laughs) well let's crank into the places that we've been in england well we're obviously not going to be able to talk about all of the places we've been but we're just going to cover some of the uh some of the big places i guess that are reasonably popular and um yeah places that we've enjoyed so first up london i mean I don't know, can you go to England without going to London? I think it's pretty difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's pretty hard, especially for international visitors, considering that London is the, uh, well, London Heathrow is the largest airport in all of Europe. And that's only one of the seven airports in London. Seven now? I thought it was five. I think so. There's five main ones, and there's uh, a small ex-military airport that gets used for private flights and a few charters over to Ireland and things like that. And um, and another one, can't remember the name, but yeah. Wow. Why does <laughs> one city need so many? But it does need so many because they're does. all so busy. That's yeah. something to think about if you're going to London. Make sure you check what airport you're going to fly into. I mean, if you're flying internationally, it'll probably be Heathrow. Although if you're coming from mainland Europe, probably not, actually. It could be anywhere. And um, yeah, that really affects your, your pricing for your airline tickets because you might have to add on just four or five pounds to get into town from the airport or you might have to add on another 50 pounds to get into town from the airport yeah most of the airports most of the airports have a, a bus which if you buy in advance i mean there's an easy jet bus which only costs two pounds if you buy in advance that's pretty good really? yeah yeah we've that's got to book ours actually actually we've got to book our tickets to Sevilla before we do that 
but it's pretty good. If you usually if you buy it on the day, it's like eight pounds, but it's not so much about that. It's about the hour and a half <laughs> that you've got to wait. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, some of the things to do in London that we've enjoyed. Well, where should we start? London is amazing. It's just one of these incredible places. The first time we went there. We're just blown away by the architecture because it's so old. It's really, really, really old. And being from New Zealand, which is quite the opposite, you know, it's just amazing to walk down the street and realize that these buildings have been standing for hundreds and hundreds of years and that people have been walking these streets for thousands of years. Really amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I reckon the, there's heaps of free museums in London. Um, they're all kind of council or government sponsored, which is great. And one of the ones that I really enjoyed was the Victoria and Albert Museum, mm. which is normally called the V&A. Uh, it's kind of a, a design museum, but it's not just looking at clothing design or fashion design. Uh, it also looks at things like architecture and, and painting and graphics right through right through everything. It's, it's the one that has that room full of miniature monuments, right? It's got a miniature sphinx and a miniature... Yeah, period. yeah. yeah that's cool. On. They're not actually that miniature. It's an enormous room. I think <laughs> yeah. they're like one third or one quarter scale. I can't remember. But they're, they're big, <laughs> but they're miniature. That's quite fun. Yeah. And there's heaps of other ones as well. I mean, we, we went to um, the Tate Modern Art Gallery. There's also the, the, the Tate and the, <laughs> <laughs> the unmodern one. And uh, yeah, there's heaps. There's just, there's a museum for anything you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the... Um I found an interesting juxtaposition in the the War Museum has a um, Buddhist Tibetan yeah Tibetan Buddhist peace garden sitting out the front of it, which was opened by the Dalai Lama. I think that's quite a nice contrast, actually. Yeah, it was. um, It really it focused heavily on World War One and World War Two history, Mm -hmm. um, but had modern conflicts that Britain's been involved in as well. But yeah, you you walk out the front and turn right and you're in this kind of zen setting. <laughs> it's quite weird. Maybe it's supposed to be like a detox space after you Yeah, come out. probably, probably. Uh, now, one other thing that I would definitely recommend is the Tower of London. It's not cheap, but if you travel by train, I think you get a 50% discount or something like that. Yeah, the, that promo changes all the time. But yeah, yeah normally just look if you it up a train anyway. ticket, you yeah. can get a discount. It's expensive, but it's amazing. It's one of these wonders of architecture, I think, you know, because it was added to over time. You've got the White Tower in the middle of the extra things around the outside, and full of history, and you can see the Traders' Gate where people were brought in to be executed, and, you know. Yeah, the um, the guards that you see in all of the... Well, the Beefeater guards that you see in all of the promotional material about London... Uh, they actually do guided tours mm-hmm. around the tower, and that for me really, really made it. Don't go and not go on the the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's included in the entry price, but you are expected to give a tip at the end. Yeah, and you just have to hang around at the gate until someone comes along and takes you yeah. Takes through. Yeah, it was really interesting. Our guide was telling us that the first ever female beef eater was inaugurated just a couple of years ago. Mm. And the thing about beef eaters... No, it was his wife, <laughs> wasn't it? No, I don't think it was. It wasn't. But uh, the thing about beef eaters is it's a job for life, so it's a pretty big deal to, to become a beef eater. Mm, yeah. Now, everyone knows about uh, Hyde Park, which is reasonably central in London. What a lot of people don't know about is Kew Gardens, mm. which is on the outskirts. And Kew Gardens is a huge, huge garden that was... Uh, it's basically got a huge seed bank in it. Mm-hmm. So for, I think, about 250 years, 
people have been bringing seeds from around the world and they've been being stored here in Kew in order to keep up our genetic diversity of plants. Um, and yeah. It's really that's, amazing. It's mm-hmm. really quite cool. Another thing that's cool to do is go out to Greenwich and see the, the line. You know, you talk about Greenwich Mean Time. There's a line with a, you know, um, what is it like a, an LED light? Yeah, it's a, it's a laser, it's that, a laser. That, that shines down the meridian. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're there on a, uh, on a day with a bit of cloud or mist, you yeah. can actually see this, this laser shooting off forever if it's a really sunny, clear day. It's not so great. Yeah, but you don't get many hot, sunny days in London, so you, <laughs> should, you should probably uh, be sitting in the park or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much we could talk about for London. I, know, I mean, it's London crazy. is kind of overwhelming. Yeah. But uh, let's move on and talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, where do people in London go on sunny days? They seem to all, all at once, go to Brighton. <laughs> if you've ever it's woken true. up in London on a sunny day and gone, I think I'll go to the beach, and you jump on any of the trains heading south, they are. Yeah, it'll be you and several thousand of your closest friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget the forget the tube during rush hour. A train to Brighton on a sunny day is mad. I remember we'd planned a trip to Brighton. One of these very ones, you know. Unfortunately, it started to rain, and uh, when we got to the station, there were people selling ponchos and, and umbrellas and stuff like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was the day of the gay pride parade as well, so there were more and more people coming, and it was absolutely packed. It was a, it was a good yeah. day. We were meeting my sister. It was, a, it was a good day, but yeah, it was uh, a lot wetter than we had expected. So Brighton's got this um, English seaside thing of a pier going out into the water and all sorts of um, things you can hire and things you can play. Like yeah, little... like fairground rides. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. That's one thing I find so odd about England. All over the place there are these piers, especially in Brighton and also in um, Blackpool, where you walk out on the pier and then on the end there's like a roller coaster and, and swings and all sorts of... I mean, on a pier, it just seems so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something quintessentially British, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're in the country, you should go and, go and experience it and, and lose uh, several pounds on uh, dinky little games and, and toys and prizes. It's incredibly expensive. We were thinking about going on the roller coaster, but they had a, a token system and each token cost a pound. And the roller coaster was going to be eight tokens. <gasps> no, was it 16? It was like it was something stupid. Yeah, I think eight was the cheaper rides. Yeah. I can't remember. <clears throat> but yeah, um, so that's kind of the, the cheesy stuff you do when you're at the beach. I honestly think it's because the water's too cold to swim in. Yeah, you so need something, you need to, something swim. to do. Oh yeah, no one's ever swimming. Um, also in Brighton, there are some really interesting historic buildings, um, Edwardian and Victorian. And I just liked walking around the streets, actually, mm. rather than being right down on the beachside and seeing some of these pleasure palaces that, that were built up and, uh, yeah, and the arcades and the shops. Yeah, it's a nice place to be. It's yeah, really nice. I, I kind of enjoyed walking around the town more than I enjoyed walking around the waterfront, so... Mm. Um, yeah, because it was freezing, really cold. No, we've been there on really hot days as well. I remember once <laughs> I took off my shoes and rolled up my jeans. and. That's right. <laughs> I remember it being far, far too cold to go swimming, and you took off your shirt and rolled up your jeans. Yeah. No, you didn't take off your shirt. And, it was just your shoes. And, and, there were other and I was people, wearing my jumper. There were other people wandering around in bikinis, so it must have been hot. It must have just been us. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, Brighton, it's a lovely place to go, but don't expect to go swimming. And around the coast from Brighton, yeah, you go past Eastbourne and you get to Hastings. We spent seven weeks in Hastings one summer, which I wouldn't recommend you do because it's not the nicest of places to spend a whole summer. But it's a really, really good place for a day trip. It's, it's got another one of these um, seaside villages kind of things. There used to be a pier, but it burned down, unfortunately. And um, now you've just got kind of arcades and the penny machines where you put in, I think it's two, you need those little copper pennies and you put them in the machines and it pushes the coins forward. And yeah, we played a lot of those. It was fun. We did. And we had lots of fish and chips on the beach and not far away is the castle from the Battle of Hastings. So... Yeah, you in there. What did you think? No, no, that was a different place. We The castle on the hill is from 1066. I went to a different castle. Oh, did you? Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but it was cool. Very nice, very nice. Well, um, since we're talking about the south coast, um, let's go even further and uh, head down to the Isle of Wight. Okay, yeah, we spent quite a lot of time in the Isle of Wight as well. A friend of ours has a, a holiday home down there while her parents do, and we, we kind of squatted for a while (laughs) i can't think of a better way to put it with their permission i might add and uh it's nice it's a nice nice place we walked the isle of Wight coastal path which took five days yeah i'd really recommend that actually it was a very manageable hike Mm -hmm. but you got to see a lot of the coast and a lot of the time you're either looking out towards france or looking out towards england Mm -hmm. and uh yeah there's some really interesting kind of cliffs and downs and natural formations yeah like the needles the needles yeah and um yeah i i just think that that was a really nice manageable walk yeah yeah it was good it would be nice to have a bit more money to be able to you know each (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's not so important i wouldn't recommend you do it on a really really tight budget like we did no there's um there's campsites organized at fair distances around the place which do become busy uh especially around the isle of Wight festival which Mm -hmm. is a huge music festival and normally really good so see if that will coincide with a visit uh the main town of ventnor is really nice it's people said to me it's like going Going to the Isle of Wight is like going back to the 80s because you can still get pints for under two pounds. You know, you can get a pint of beer for 160. And um, yeah, and so it's cool. I don't know going, if that's still true. I don't know. I don't know. The uh, European economy has jumped up and down several times since we've, uh, since we've been there. Um, but yeah, Ventnor's really nice to go into these, these old pubs and, and sit and have a beer and, and look at the water. Definitely. Oh, I also liked the the V Dub combis that yes, that, that roam so around cool. the place. Um, someone started repainting and hiring out all of these combi wagons. There are uh, yeah, and they're all it, different. Each one is a different color. I think they've got thirty or forty of them, yeah. and each one is a different color. And I think they've got their own names, and it just looks really nice. It's kind of picturesque. It's it's a stylish way to get around mm-hmm, for sure. Okay, well, let's move on um, back up to the south. <laughs> <laughs> back up to the back onto the mainland. Back onto the mainland. I heard the Isle of Wight was the last place in Britain that was Christianized. Really? Yeah, weird, huh? No, that, 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 that's what you learn from watching QI. Thank you, Stephen Fry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about Bath, which is also another very historical town. Not uh, historical for you know being the last place to be Christianized, but definitely, definitely well known. And I think it's maybe best known as Jane Austen's place. Mm. You know, I mean, I think Jane Austen just kind of, oh, her books kind of capture the spirit of what I think of as Bath. 
Right, and it, it's very much a bath of its time. Yeah, it's it's not the bath that exists now. No, but you can go there and see what she saw. Yeah, which that's is right. nice. Yeah, lots of Edwardian buildings and um, these big kind of palatial flats all over the place, yeah. and places like the circus and um, yeah, it's down a very by the beautiful, river. beautiful town. Yeah, I I really liked. Um, wandering down by the river actually mm-hmm. which which is kind of a, a step away from everything mm-hmm. but there's there's gardens and, and shops and a, a covered bridge and yeah that was that was really nice we did a Jane Austen walking tour which we found yeah. free online so if you're going to do a, do a google search for uh, for the Jane Austen walking tour of Bath and that was really cool we just plugged that into our iPod and, and we could wander around and it was fascinating yeah it was good and of course, we went to the baths, the Roman baths, you know. So, Bath isn't only famous for being Jane Austen's bath, but also. That's why the Romans went. Yeah, for Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they also invented time travel. So, <laughs> but I mean, it was weird to go and, and see where the Romans had bathed 2,000 years previously. Mm. Really incredible. Yeah, and uh, the archaeology there is quite fascinating because it's all pre-christian well it's not all pre-christian it's interesting seeing how christianity invaded and changed the aesthetic Mm -hmm. but the uh yeah there's a lot of pre-christian roman religion there which is quite fascinating because i think a lot of the stuff that we get in um in classics is about this changeover period so Uh it's interesting to see what's what's really really before that out on the outskirts of civilization. That's one thing I find amazing about England. It's just so old. It, it's housed so many different cultures, and you can see them kind of overlapping, mm. which is really nice. Yeah, and I guess as the, the offspring of, of British people that have moved away from there and moved out to New Zealand to a, to a young country, that's mm-hmm. got a, a special resonance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we're running out of time. Let's let's do one more place. Let's. Uh, well, why don't we talk about Leeds? Oh yeah, Leeds. So we got to, we've got to include one city from the north. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't actually all spent, our time down in the south. We haven't spent much time in the north actually, and we weren't actually that keen on Leeds because we'd heard Leeds was a bit of a putting it nicely, not the kind of place that you would want to visit. So we we weren't going to, but then we managed to get some really cheap flights there. Or why why did we go? I kind of remember. I don't know. It fitted our plans. Yeah. And we really enjoyed it. It was brilliant. It was so good. We had a really nice time there. We Although we were, we were warned not to go out on football nights. Yeah. When we arrived, we arrived with our backpacks and everything like that. And we were meeting some couch surfers later in the afternoon. So we needed to just sit down and, and wait somewhere. So we found a pub near the train station and sat down and grabbed a couple of drinks, and we ended up talking with the couple next to us. Well, they came and shared our table because there was no other space. And then, yeah, things began getting getting louder and louder, and they're like, oh, you guys, you guys don't want to be here in a couple of hours because the football is just about to get out. <laughs> and so when everyone comes back here for a drink, it becomes a riot around <laughs> the train station. They're like, okay, thanks for that advice. And, and off we went to our, meet our couch surfing hosts. Um, but yeah, Leeds is being marketed at the moment as a place for kind of a weekend getaway mm-hmm. to, to go shopping and see some of the history. Yeah. And I think that's probably a good amount of time to spend there. Two, yeah. to, two to three days gives you enough time to see everything. And then if you want to delve deeper, of course, you can 
stay longer. Yeah, I really liked um, wandering around the canal area. Mm. That was really nice. And yeah, also, it's being, being redeveloped with a lot of new apartments and, and shops down there. Yeah, for sure. And also, it seemed to be a good place to start all sorts of long-distance walks. Mm. Yeah, so, there, I want to go back and do some of those. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a there's a coast-to-coast along uh, that passes through there, and I think that would be the that would be the trick. Yeah, oh, so many cool things to do. All right, so let's move on and talk about getting around in England. Well, I mean, we've got your standard options for getting around: car, coach, train, or fly. Um, if you are going to be self-driving, then you know you have to drive on the correct side of the road, which is the left. The left, yes, and uh, that's not actually as hard as as some people expect. It's not hard at all. Um, the thing to do, I, I always warn people when they're driving on the side of the road they're they're not used to is to always remember when you get back in the car, that's when you need to remember to mm-hmm. drive on the other side of the yeah, road. Because sure. it, beca- it becomes automatic. But then if you've maybe been out for a meal or something like that and you jump in the car and you take off, that's, that's always a danger spot. Driving is definitely the best way to get to small places, but mm. it can get expensive because petrol isn't particularly cheap. Um, however, going... Um, our favourite camper van company, Spaceships, have recently opened in England. And so they're a really good option because you can sleep in the car as well, so that can save you on accommodation. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, there's actually a really good train network throughout Britain. Mm-hmm. A lot of it got, got ripped up, but um, it's, it's really functional yeah. and really good. For the amount of people that travel on it all the time, there's actually a surprising small number of breakdowns I think yeah, but but it's so. it, it's always there, complained about but, but there are breakdowns and um, if you get through a week without experiencing some kind of delay you're doing really really well yeah but um, it does transport a lot of people very efficiently and it's one of the fastest ways to get from place to place yeah there's really really good changeovers like the connections are really good mm. it can be very expensive especially if you try to buy on the day for long distance journeys so if you're going a long distance, book in advance. You yep. can search on the trainline.co.uk for information, but don't book there because I think they charge a booking fee. Yeah, they uh, they used to be really good, and now they've introduced uh, an extra booking fee. Mm. But they do have access to the APIs for all of the networks, so you can actually you can plot anything from mm-hmm. I don't know from Hastings up to Scotland, and and plan it all out. But then actually go and go and book in advance um, to save 50, 60, 70% of the on-the-day cost. If it's a short journey, you don't save anything because they just that is the price. You mm. can pay more if you want to, but generally it's um, you can get a day return or just a, a cheap ticket if you go after about 9.30. So that can be a good way to do it as well. Yeah, you really have to hack the train travel. Mm, for sure. Um, the other option is, well, the other land-based option is coach. Uh, there's... National Express, which is the main company, and then Megabus, which is um, primarily a budget company. And there's a few other regional coach lines as well, but they're the two main national ones. And they both offer really, really, really cheap tickets for some routes if you book far enough in advance. It's usually the major cities. So if you're going from London to Edinburgh, for example, 
We've done that for one pound each. Yeah, yeah. Several times. So it was, it, was, <laughs> it was a difference between, yeah, one pound and about 20 hours on the coach or 180 pounds and about seven hours on the train. Yeah. So, you know, time versus money. At one point we bought a ticket, I think it was from Aberdeen to London, just as a backup. We thought it's two pounds, I think, plus a 50 cents booking fee. So I think we paid two fifty just to have it just in case because we weren't sure when we were planning to leave Aberdeen. And we ended up using it because we couldn't, well, it just worked in okay. So that was a really good way to do it. So you might want to consider doing that as well. And uh, there's also a whole lot of flights, budget flights that traverse the country. So so if you're planning far enough in advance, it is actually worthwhile looking on a, a flight aggregator like IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights and seeing if there are flights that are that are running those routes because sometimes you can get it for maybe 40 or 50 pounds Mm -hmm. all inclusive with all of the taxes but then don't forget to include the cost of getting to and from the airport yeah check out to and from the airport.com that is so useful yeah 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 that's one of the reasons why coaches and trains can often be better um especially trains because quite often if you're going somewhere we would go to um glasgow and we go to bishop briggs which is where craig's aunt and uncle live and um, we could catch the train all the way there from wherever we started, mm-hmm. just with a couple of connections. So, whereas with the bus, well, you've got to get another bus, but you've got to pay for the extra bus. So that yeah. can often be a bit more expensive. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, for more information on getting around, visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Europe slash England. Uh, we've got quite a quite an extensive write-up there. Um, we'll move on to, to sleeping I have to say the cheap. We've stayed in some of the cheapest of the cheap hostels in uh, in London, especially, and they were pretty nasty. So bad, so gross. And I mean, that was paying what, like nine that, pounds a night. That was about nine pounds a night, I, which is quite expensive. I mean, that's what we'd pay for a, a good hostel back home in New Zealand. Back then, it was well. Uh, back then, at the exchange yeah, rate, yeah, the exchange yeah, rate it was anymore. almost three to one. But now it's yeah, it's almost two to one. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, so the, there are some some cheap options, which I'll put in inverted bracket, inverted commas. Cheap in both but, senses. But um, you're really, to, to have a reasonable night's sleep, it is going to get pretty expensive pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, you can check out Couchsurfing and, or other travel social networks and we see love if you can find somewhere we, to stay. We couchsurfed in Leeds and it was, it was great. It was oh, really it was, good. Yeah. It was a mission cool. trying to get to their place, but that, that was part of the fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and what else was I trying to say? Yeah, so you're looking at the mid-range hostels for somewhere that's, that's comfortable most of the time. Um, and then it's often just a small price jump up to a B&B, uh, especially if you're traveling in a couple and looking at private rooms. Sometimes uh, a good B&B can be cheaper than a, a more upmarket hostel. Yeah, I remember paying 30 £35 pounds for a, a double room in a B&B, which wasn't mm. that much more expensive. I think it was even cheaper than staying in, in, a, hostel. in a hostel. That was when we were down in Salisbury, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that, Cheap one, yeah. And that, that was, was really nice. That was out of, we got out breakfast. Of, out of town, but yeah, it was nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you, you do get a really good breakfast included with the B&B. Oh my and, goodness. Uh, it's often more of an experience. Full English breakfast? Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Um, does mean you have to get out of bed early enough. But um, the, I think it's sometimes a real experience because they're often run by the the owners, people who live in... And they're, uh, they're sometimes quite eccentric. So. Yeah, yeah, we've had some great <laughs> experiences. Um, yeah, it can be a little bit crazy. 
Okay, well, let's move on to talking about the top 10 things to do in England from our England page at indietravelpodcast.com slash Europe slash England. Okay, we'll fly through them. Uh, some of them we've mentioned already, but let's do it. Um, visit the Tower of London. Two, visit Bath. Head to the seaside. Next one, have a Sunday roast washed down with real ale in a country pub. Oh, yeah. Definitely do this. Do this every Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you're in London, I'd recommend jumping on a train and heading up to St. Albans, Mm -hmm. which is a, well, it used to be a a city of its own right, which uh, Queen Badisha completely totaled. But um, (laughs) now it's kind of almost a satellite suburb of London itself. But there they've got the oldest continuously operating pub in England, if not in Europe, called Ye Old Fighting Cock. It's awesome. And they've also got more pubs per square mile than anywhere else in Europe. And per capita, yeah, yep. Yeah. So head up there, and if you can't find a pub that you like amongst the 50 or 60 that are there, you're in trouble. <laughs> Recommend the goat. <laughs> Next up, Holiday in the Isle of Wight. We've already told you why. It's definitely worth a go. Um, ramble. Go go walking. Uh, in Scotland, they call it hill walking. Um, in a lot of Britain, they call it rambling. But go on, go on a hike. Go on a day hike or take advantage of... The great amount of youth hostels and, and walking huts that are scattered right over Britain. Next, cruise a river or canal. There are so many canals in England. A lot of them have been stopped or kind of the, the canal network hasn't been maintained, but there's still quite a lot that are in good use and that are being maintained. So that's yeah. really fun. Unlike uh, continental Europe, you don't actually need a license to use canal boats on the rivers and canals in Britain. So it's an easy, easy place to be able to do that um marlow just outside of london's got some really good higher places and gives you good access onto the thames next up see stonehenge yeah we didn't talk about that but worthwhile, worthwhile. yeah definitely and there's also a wood hinge nearby that <laughs> we didn't see but I, yeah. I want to next time yeah i'd, I'd like to get there um there's a whole lot of hinges i just watched a bbc documentary on uh on pre-christian britain and it was fascinate like seeing all the hinges it's like i'm sure we must have been just 20 kilometers away from there (laughs) how how come that's not promoted it's it's mad i saw a funny cartoon about stonehenge the other day it was stonehenge with extra um stones up on top of them Uh and one of the angry birds flying towards it (laughs) (laughs) smooth smooth hey we'll go shopping in leeds uh we we didn't really talk about the shopping in leeds but they've got uh markets and really nice covered markets uh the corn exchange which has become a little bit of a boutique and there's all of these beautiful um kind of age of empire wrought iron arcades and streets so yeah beautiful go have a go next up study at oxford or cambridge uh, both of these universities are world-renowned. You know, having an Oxbridge education is you know, <laughs> yeah. quite, quite held in quite high esteem. But uh, if you can't actually manage to study there, just you know, have a wander around the grounds. Great. Well, I think that's going to have to wrap up our uh, our England podcast and our introduction to England Week. Uh, for the rest of the week at IndieTravelPodcast.com, we'll have new articles coming up. I know I've got one on uh, an alternative London, one on using the tube to get around. And there's also one about festivals all over England. Perfect. So in Community Wisdom this week, we're talking about Laos once again. What are some of the best things to see and do? Actually, there's a lot on Asia at the moment. People are talking about Moine, Vietnam, and also India. 
Um, yeah, that's an interesting conversation on solo women travel in India. So uh, if you're interested in that, go and take a look. Uh, Gold, we've mentioned before, Gold, a community member, is going to walk Te Araroa, the long pathway from, uh, well, he's going from the south, from Bluff in New Zealand, all the way to Cape Reinga in the north. It's about 3,000 kilometers, and uh, New Zealand's pretty mountainous, so it's it's not an easy walk at all. But I he, want to do it. I want to do it as well. One and I day, want to do the, the Lands into Jolly Groats one as well. And in, in Britain, in Britain yeah, yeah. that'll be fantastic. Anyway, Gold is raising money for some charities as he walks, so you can go and help an Indie Travel community member raise some money for some good charities. Check it out in the forums, and that links through to his new site, intentionallyhomeless.org. Good name. Yeah, I like it. So if you want to add anything to the forums, just visit indietravelpodcast.com slash forums. If you don't have an account, you should get one. It's pretty easy. It's all on the sidebar. And uh, I think that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.